Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. Joining you, as always, are your two hosts, myself, Ian, and my co-host, JP. Uh, for those of you that have looked down at your phone, your device, wherever it is that you may be getting your podcast from, you will probably have noticed a slight change. Um, and that is because we have rebranded the show. Um, the reason why we've done that is because we wanted to focus on what you want to hear as listeners. So we've done a lot of work, myself and JP, over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months really, in terms of getting to understand what it is that you like about the show, what you wanted to hear more of, what you wanted to hear less of. And the resounding comments was around hearing more about the Knights and the Knights in its entirety. So hearing about Vegas, hearing about Henderson, hearing about everything everything that is the Vegas Gold Knights. So that is why you'll see the podcast is now called Gold and Steel. So it's the Gold and Steel podcast. Um, and before we get into what this means for us going forward, I'm going to flick across to my co-host, uh, JP, who started this. And, and JP, if, if you can, just for the listeners that maybe don't follow you on Twitter now, so you know aren't aware of the, the Gold and Steel brand as it is, but just give them a little taste as to... Uh, what the background of it is and, and why you created it in the first place. Yeah. Um, definitely excited about our rebrand. And, uh, for those that don't know, or who may have just started listening to us recently, uh, yeah, I started gold and steel as a Twitter profile a couple of years ago. And just as a fan, just to get on Twitter and talk to other fans about golden Knights hockey, NHL hockey in general, but specifically golden Knights hockey being a diehard fan myself. And, uh, and it grew kind of quickly, uh, faster than I expected. And that's actually, Ian, as you know, how you and I met. Uh, it is. You were already running a podcast and reached out to me uh, to be a guest on your show. And then we kind of turned it into Kraken Nights, which is now becoming the Golden Steel podcast. So, yeah, and it's been, it's been cool. It's uh, it, I've made a ton of friends on there. And... Uh, tons of great conversations about hockey and the golden Knights fan base is particularly passionate and particularly active and particularly so, yeah. unique in the NHL U unique fan base. That's bonded by some of the events of season one, you know, the tragic events and also the positive events of season one. And so uh, it's a unique group of people uh, that I've been excited to be a part of. And I'm, I'm pumped that we're, just going to lean into that even harder with a lot of great friends on there. And, and some of those people are, our, are our kind of devoted listeners and excited to, to grow, grow that brand and grow that name. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what you summed up best when you said about the, the engagement. Um, and look, somebody sat here in the UK, sometimes it's hard for me to feel part of anything in the U S cause it's so far, even with everything that's in there, it's so far away. But actually the one thing that, that I've noticed throughout doing this whole time with the podcast with yourself, JP is how engaged that fan base is, you know, with our show, with your Twitter profile, it's, it, it is truly, it's a very active community, the Vegas Golden Knights community. And I think you're right. I think it was driven from, from year one, the good and the bad, obviously, and, and right to bring that up. Um, but it is, and, and that's why we really wanted to do something that, gave that community everything that they wanted. So it's mm -hmm. not a, a case of us like not wanting to do the Kraken, as, as JP said. You know, when, when Golden Steel was set up originally, it was about focusing on the Knights, but still not ignoring everything else going on in the NHL. That would still be covered. It was just it was a Knights-focused Twitter profile at that point. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be a night's focused podcast, but it doesn't mean that we're never going to talk about the Kraken and we're never going to talk about any of the other 31 teams in the NHL. You know, we were doing that under the Kraken Knights. This is just pretty much just saying, right, this is what we're going to focus on for the rest of this season and what you can expect as listeners for next season. Um, so some of the things that we're going to do, so you're going to see a brand new website, uh, which is going to come out, uh, which will be gold and steel. And that's A-N-D as well, just, <laughs> just in case the English accent <laughs> catches you out there and you think I'm saying gold and steel. I'm not gold and steel um, dot Vegas. Um, and that will be a brand new website which will launch, uh, depending when you're listening to this podcast, and may have already launched. So if you check the website out in the show notes, you'll find it. Um, we're going to be doing deep dives into all elements of the franchise. So obviously Vegas are going to be front and center for the next couple of weeks. And we hope it's for the next couple of months because that means they've gone deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And as we know, even though we haven't covered it yet, they've clinched their spot and they're in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So they're in it to win it. It's a case of how far they go. But we also know that, and one of the biggest things, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do this is Henderson, since the Vegas Golden Knights were set up, has been important. But it's never been more important than it is right now because Vegas is starting to tip over the edge of needing its prospects to come through. And we mm-hmm. saw that, you know, there were some prospects that are already playing in the Vegas Golden Knights franchise, Cotter, others. Um, but the farm, as we call it, is becoming more and more vital for how the Vegas stay competitive. So we're going to be focusing on that. Um, we're going to do some content around, you know, life on the farm, as we called it. And um, there's going to be some game reviews because those of you that are active on JP's Twitter account will know that he goes to a lot of the games. Um, he's met some of our listeners there. There's going to be post-game videos uh, for certain games, I might point out. Uh, so I want to commit for <laughs> JP to doing uh, 82 Every game. post-game videos. <laughs> there'll be some. Um, and our plan is to do some live shows as well. So one of the the things that we've got, we, we record our podcast through a, and this isn't a plug because we're not paid for by them, but it is just to tell you, we use a, a software called Riverside FM. And that has the ability for us to do a live show. So we can integrate via our YouTube channel, which will be called Gold and Steel going forward as well. Um, that will allow us to be able to do live shows. Now, timings are always tough because we've got UK and Vegas trying to align, but we're going to do what we can in terms of trying to do that a couple of times during the year. Um, we'll continue to have guests on, so that's not going to change. Uh, we've had many decent guests over the last 12 months, most of which we will hope to bring back. Some may never speak to us again. Who knows? Um, but I, I think most of them finished on good terms. Um, Mike may never speak to us again because his, his predictions have been so woeful. Um, but we've got to bring him back just to rip him for that. Right. Uh, but we'll, you know, we're still going to have guests. There's a plan to do a gold and steel blog, which will be accessed via the website, uh, also posted on Twitter, which will be, again, going deep diving into certain topics. It's not going to be something we're going to do every single week. But it is when there are important topics or a topic that matters to either myself or JP, then we're going to utilize that as another way of bringing you content. So it's the same hosts, unfortunately for you guys. It's the same two hosts you had before. (laughs) It's the same, I like to think, quality content that you were having before. Uh, And I I am going to say that because I'm one half of the people that has to produce it. It's just a slight click to the left in terms of, refocus and that and that's all this is really so we wanted to announce it via this rather than announcing it via just like a post on twitter because 
you know, me and JP were talking before we click record. Sometimes when you go to say something on Twitter, the character account could be a killer and you can't really say what you wanted to say. So we thought this was the best way of us saying to the fan base that we know, we know, we know who you are. We know who the dedicated listeners are because we see both me and JP dive into our analytics. We, we know who listens each week. You know, we know the, the growth that this show has had. So we just wanted to say, look, this is just about refocusing to give you what you want um, under the new name, Gold and Steel. Yeah, super excited about it. I'm, uh, I'm pumped to get going on this, man. And, and like you said, hopefully uh, we have a lot to cover over the next couple of months uh, as the Knights are poised to put, potentially go on a deep run here. So a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Exactly, exactly. Um, and we're going to get into that now because let's talk, let's talk hockey because that's what we're here to do. Um, we've probably covered the uh, the rebrand enough now. And there's two big things I want to talk about. Now, we're not going to talk playoffs because one of the things that we're going to be doing is switching back to weekly content. So this will be a fortnightly podcast during the regular season. But when the playoffs cut in, that's game time. Uh, and, and we're going to be switching to be weekly now. And we're going to do a playoff special, so a playoff review or preview, I should say, uh, which will be released. We're going to record it next weekend. So it'll be not this Wednesday coming, if you're listening to it. That means that the preview will be released on the 19th of mm-hmm. April. And that's where we'll cover all the matchups, not just Vegas, all the matchups in the first round or what we think, what we think could happen, who we think's the the outsiders. Um, but there's no point in doing that now because it's still in flux. Even mm-hmm. though we know who's clinched, where they're actually going to play and who they're going to play could change day to day. Especially in the West, yeah. Exactly, especially in the West. Although, ironically, I was looking earlier, the one game that is locked in is Tampa versus the Maple Leafs. So that's yeah. going to be a fun one. Which has been um, locked in for a while, yeah. It has. Uh, now, one of the areas I wanted to cover, and we're going to cover Vegas first, of course, is, uh, and Rita, one of our listeners, mentioned it, and I thought, Spot on, because we were going to talk about this anyway, but it's a great thing to to mention, which is around Vegas not being seen as contenders. Now, JP, you're in there. You are in the community. You're at the games. You can feel it. Why doesn't the NHL, widely, I should say, as in the wider fan base, see Vegas as contenders? Whether that's mm. pundits, whether that's other teams' fans, what is it about the Vegas Golden Knights that just makes people look at them and think, that they're not contenders. Yeah, I think I think there's two or three things that contribute to that to varying degrees. Uh, I think one of them is something we've discussed before, so I won't I won't you know beat a dead horse too much here. But some of it is that old guard thinking, right? That kind of old original six teams, you know, the old guard of the NHL that doesn't really like the new kid. Vegas, obviously, we know Vegas is is hated by a, a lot of franchises and a lot of pundits for a lot of different reasons. The early success, all that. So I think there's yep. a bias, perhaps, to downplay what Vegas achieves. Um, I think that's part of it, and we've discussed that in depth before. Um, <clears throat> I also think that as a unintended side effect or as a result of the Knights performing so well consistently for so long when, when a team is really good the, the second that they don't they have a, a game that's not good or the second there's any adversity you immediately criticize and you immediately say oh wow they're slipping they're yeah, not doing exactly. so great right and and some of that is because the standards are so incredibly high in Vegas so incredibly high for the franchise and 
generally, they've been a resounding success. So I think anytime there's a bit of a struggle or anytime there's a bit of drama or a bit of controversy, um, instantly you're like, oh, train's coming off the tracks. You know, the the wheels are finally coming off. And I think to some degree, too, the old guard is hoping for that as well. So anytime something goes wrong or or there's some negative news, it's really easy for people to jump in there and and say, and that's all just relative, right? Because there can be a team that's not doing so well. And if they perform well beyond expectations, nobody can stop talking about how well they're doing, right? So I think there's a a little bit of of that bias there. I mean, those are kind of the, the, the two biggest things in my mind i said two or three and i can't remember what the third one was it'll probably come to me as soon as you start talking but um probably will but but i I think those are i think those are big factors and and right as as far as fan bases go oh here's i do remember the third thing i was going to say the i do think and i've heard this from guys like gary lawless who's one of the vgk insiders I do think that on the East Coast, they don't keep as close a track of what's going on in the Pacific, particularly in the Central, but especially the Pacific because of the time zones. Now, that sounds like a really simple thing, but the games in the West, the games over here, if they're happening at 7 o'clock or 7.30, you know, it's already 10 or 10.30 on the East Coast by the time these games kick off. So a lot of people, they're not sitting up and watching those. They're going to bed. They got to go to work the next day. And I remember Gary Lawless saying this because he usually travels with the team um, because he's actually he actually works for the team. Like he's one of the uh, you know, he's a commentator. He does radio commentary. He does some TV commentary and he also writes articles. He has said that that a lot of times in the East, they seem to be a little bit oblivious as to what's going on in the West. It's like they look at the standings and they see what's going on, but they don't always know a lot of the details. And let's face it, if you're not watching the games and you're only looking at the standings and maybe the reviews, you, you're not going to totally have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. So I think it's kind of those three factors that kind of yeah, cause that right. to, to varying degrees. And, and just generally, the old guard doesn't respect the Pacific, right? Like they, they don't respect any team in the, in the Pacific, but especially the Knights. Like it, if it's not Boston, you know, or <laughs> Montreal or Toronto, like if it's not one of those teams, you know, they tend to poo-poo it. Uh, over yeah. in the east so that's kind of my vibe you know but i completely agree mate and we saw it with the seattle kraken um you know we've seen it really with the edmonton oilers i kind of hate saying that but i, I mm-hmm. do feel like they're another team that stupidly are like flying under this radar that they shouldn't be flying under because mm-hmm. like they said it's pretty obvious the stats are there so we look at the stats as it stands so goals for per game vegas has sat around about 10th between 10th and 11th uh it would be nice if there was actually a ranking number here so i didn't have to try and add it up um but it's 3.25 is the goals for per game now if you compare that to that's that's a better goals for per game than carolina than minnesota than the islanders Hmm. than uh calgary obviously but it's 3.25 is is pretty much around the same as the kings you then go to the power play uh, percentage. Now, that's where Vegas is a little bit more middle of the road. So they're at 20% as it stands right now. So that's the 80 games, so two games to go, um, 20.3%. Um, now, I'm going to see if I can find the penalty kill percentage. There we go. So you then flick to penalty kill. And again, Vegas is in the middle of the road. So I think partly the problem of why people don't see them as massive contenders is they don't really excel 
in anything in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. That's not a criticism of the Knights. It's just the fact is they're not the league's top goal scorers. You know, right. they don't score the most points. They don't have an absolutely unbeatable penalty kill. I mean, like Carolina's penalty kill is eighty-three percent. In comparison mm-hmm. to Vegas, is seventy six. Dallas Stars is eighty three percent, eighty three and a half. You know, San Jose's somehow is eighty three and a half, even though they can't, they can't buy a win. Um, and it's the same with the power play. You know, the teams that have got a better power play than Vegas. You're talking Minnesota, New Jersey, Boston, Florida, New York, Buffalo, Ottawa. List goes on. But then you look at the standings and you say, yeah, but you know, stats aside. The reality is, as it stands right now, if I go to the conference and then go to the Western Conference, top of the Western Conference is the Vegas Golden Knights, the 107 points. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it wasn't for the Boston Bruins on 131, if you take Boston out, you know, there's two points between um, Vegas, New Jersey, and Carolina for you know presence trophy. So it's if we take Boston out because Boston are freaks in terms of their record. I mean, their home record is 33, 4, mm-hmm. and 3, which is yeah. utterly insane. It's, it's um, absurd, yeah. You know, so then they are they are a league-leading team. Mm-hmm. So for them not to be classed as contenders, for me, is just almost insanity. But I can understand it, like you said, if, if people aren't watching the games, they look at the stats and go, yeah, but they don't, they're not really, they, you know, they, there's nothing that they're that much better than anybody else in, which I think that there is on paper, but the results speak for themselves in terms of points again other than jack eichel who is worth pointing out he's a point per game player mm-hmm. so for those again that were doubting jack eichel and it wasn't that long ago i remember us doing end of season reviews last season that was tough because vegas had missed the playoffs it was a painful time for fans there was a lot of question marks over whether eichel was going to be this kind of league leading player but he's got 65 right. points in 66 games you know, 27 goals. Chandler yeah. Stevenson has got 63 points in 79 games. That is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And you could say, yeah, but it's the line he's on. He still has to create the goals. I mean, 48 assists, 15 goals. Master Show, another one, 27 goals, 56 points. So I just think they've got a team that, other than Jack Eichel, generally contributes across all lines, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, abs- absolutely. They, they, it's their depth and and a lot of what it was similar this is kind of how they won how they beat teams in year one it was a very different style of hockey in year one and a very different roster in year one but a lot of the way the way that they they beat teams was by rolling four lines and Mm. a lot of times the game didn't shake out till the third period but by the third period the other team's getting tired and vegas has not lost any pace they have, you know, they're still hard hitting. They're still skating fast. They're still quick on the transition. Their forecheck is still intense. And that's a lot of times where they end up winning the game. And, and, you know, it, it, that's why they're a team that's built for playoff hockey, in my opinion, because of that sort of battle of attrition, right? They just keep coming at you. They just keep yep. coming over the boards, keep coming at you. And it doesn't matter if it's first, second, third, or fourth line or which defensive pairing, you know, whoever's out there has the potential to put the puck in the net. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's easy. It's like when you describe it that way, or you explain it that way, it's easy to understand why people might miss how good a team they are. Because like you said, that you don't have as many of those stars. And the other thing is, here's an interesting stat. Well, first of all, I think Vegas has the most well-rounded scoring 
of any yep. team in the league in terms of their scoring is spread out all over the lineup. Uh, but um, another really interesting stat is they have more, I think they have the most one goal victories of any team in the NHL this season. <laughs> so that's, that's very telling also because a lot of times the juggernauts, you know, the, in the, in the league, you're used to them. Like they deal out some, some real butt whoopings, right? Like every few games, they'll just deal a total spanking and you're used to kind of yep. seeing a lot of that. Vegas does that occasionally too, but with a lot of one goal victories, it could be easy to be like, oh, well, yeah, that could have gone either way. And then the, the opposing fan bases and the opposing pundits that cover the teams that are getting beat by one goal yep. can also look at it and be like, well, that, that game could have gone either way. And it's it, there is some truth to that, but I've watched it from the other side. I've watched the Knights lose to Dallas in the conference final to Montreal in the semifinal. Uh, and, and they mostly lost by one goal. Yep. <laughs> so it, you know, that a lot of times that's how playoff games are won and lost. And it's just having that extra edge. The other thing is the score doesn't always tell the story. And what Vegas is really good at is low, uh, reducing the other team's high danger chances. They just don't let teams get a lot of high danger scoring opportunities. They keep them to the outside. Their their defense is outstanding, and that doesn't show up on the stats page. It, it's there, but you have to dig and look for it. And that's it, <laughs> right? That's it. It's not in the obvious ones in terms of goals for or, like you said, power play. Yeah. Um, interesting. You mentioned about the one goal games as well. So th- there's a fair chance that it's going to be Vegas versus Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking that way, look, yeah. Nashville could still get in potentially calgary could still get in potentially um but it's kind of winnipeg's to lose uh, and remembering that vegas and seattle play each other that's the last two games for vegas this season is mm-hmm. seattle seattle um but it's more than likely going to be vegas versus winnipeg probably so unless vegas slips second. and and yeah if vegas slips and ends up playing then they'd probably end up playing la i'm guessing if they slip into second but yeah yeah, right. and that's true. That is right, actually. So mm-hmm. Vegas could slip into second and then play LA. But you're right. In most of the teams that are, that are going to make the plus, when you look at the results this year, they've been one-goal games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to look at the, the the most recent run and think that's, you know, it's a bit of a sputter to the finish for Vegas. But I just think it's consistent. I mean, there's plenty of wins in there. Yes, okay, they lost to Dallas um, the other night. But that was a 2-1. Again, 2-1 in a shootout. So it's not even a 2-1 victory anyway. It's just your 1-1 with a shootout victory. You know, they beat LA the the night before, 5-2. Lost to Nashville. Again, it's an OT. The game before Mm -hmm. that, shootout, 4-1. OT. So you're right. It's not. These are tight, tight, tight games. Um, And I was at uh, the LA game, by the way, uh, and that was an an absolutely dominant performance. I mean... Mm -hmm. I was on the third row and, and wow, it was, it was impressive. Like, so you, you're, you're starting to see now what the Knights are going to be like in the playoffs. And that was against LA. Who's an excellent team. Yeah. Maybe yep. they had a little bit of an off night, but it wasn't that off. And, uh, and Vegas absolutely spanked them. So they're, they're heating up at the right time, you know, some injuries building up, which sucks, but, uh, but they're definitely heating up in terms of their style of play, you know? Yeah. And actually just touching on one of the injuries very quickly, cause you mentioned it before we, we went live, but, um, issue for white cloud. Do you think that's him out for the season? 
I think so. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd be shocked based on how it looked. Um, and I can't remember which player it was, but it's, you know, it's, it sucks too, because it's identical to the injury he had earlier this season, but on the opposite leg, but it's the yeah. exact same kind of injury. His leg was extended out behind him and an opposing player fell on his leg and he basically hyperextended his leg kind of sideways at the knee. And, um, of course, couldn't put any weight on it, had to be helped off the ice. But it was painful to look at. It was one of those things you see it and you go, oh, like it was hard to watch. And I'm no doctor, but seeing that, I'm like, there's, I'd be shocked if we see White Cloud in the playoffs at all. That looked like a season-ending injury to me. I I hope it's not, but. Yeah, I hope it's not. uh, And it's poor guy. He had the exact same kind of injury to his other leg, you know, earlier this year. I mean, it's part of hockey, but the timing's brutal, especially he's such a key part of the defensive core, you know. Uh, Theodore, who has been out day to day, is likely to be back in within the next game or so, I'd say, or next game or two. So at least there's that. But to be missing White Cloud is, um, it's definitely a, it's a blow. It's not ideal. No, no, like you said, definitely not ideal. Um, and then the other thing that we wanted to cover on this week's show, rather other than the things we've already talked about, and uh, it would be it would be wrong not to, really, is is around the Seattle Kraken and them clinching their playoff spot. I mean, Vegas did it in the first year, had a fantastic inaugural year. Seattle's inaugural year was tough. It was tough for the fan base. Um, I think a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, were expecting Vegas 2.0. Um, but, you know, in fairness to, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, it's really hats off to the organization, to the GM, to the coach, which they stuck with. A lot of people calling for Haskell's head at the end of the first season. They wanted the coach gone. They felt that he was the problem. Um, he's got to be up for the Jack Adams, in my opinion. If he's not, there's something wrong with this league. Uh, you know, I know it normally goes to, the most developed team, but how can you, how can you not be uh, the Seattle Kraken uh, this year? It's the biggest points difference ever in the NHL from one season to the next. It's, it's an outstanding achievement. Um, whether they win the first round or go out far a sweep, it's irrelevant now. I mean, they're, they're in, um, and they get to say that, that they've, you know, they've entered the Stanley cup playoffs for the first time in franchise history, which I think is an absolute fantastic achievement. And, you know, anybody affiliated with that, organization should be should be proud so yeah it's it's a the the, the seattle kraken so far are a resounding success i don't think you can i don't i really don't think you can argue i mean you can but i (laughs) by all accounts i i don't think it makes much sense to argue the success of the franchise so far And, and and i think it's honestly going exactly according to plan i think this is how the gm I think this is exactly what he had in mind and, and he may even be a little ahead of schedule. You know, I don't, I don't think last year, I don't think he lost any sleep about the fact that Seattle didn't, you know, I, I'm just, I'm spitballing here, but it almost feels a little bit like through this sort of uh, the, the, the long game approach that he's taking. It was almost like last year was like, let's, let's get a team on the ice so that we can evaluate what we have and what we need. Right. And and then we'll build from there. And it's like he took last season and then he made some outstanding adjustments. Right. And and Mm -hmm. sort of said, okay, this is where the weaknesses are. Let's address those. Um, Because, yeah, like you said, it's a stark difference from last season to this season. You know, Seattle's a good team. 
yeah. and you know went on a couple of big streaks kind of mid-season big winning streaks and um they may make you know they may make some noise in the playoffs like don't count them out like yeah. I, I've been way, impressed. most people are saying well look these guys are going to face Colorado or, or Dallas mm-hmm. you know they probably don't stand a chance you think well but then they beat Colorado earlier in the year like it's they're a team that you shouldn't take for granted as you rightly said mm-hmm. um and I think they did just that the only thing I think Ron Francis would be looking at and saying that's the bit that concerns me still the goaltending yeah. I think to have yeah. Grubauer locked in for so many years and mm-hmm. it's still not working would be a concern yeah. because we know from Fleury, from Lena, from Thompson, that if you want a franchise to be successful, it starts in the middle, but it yeah. starts in net. Yeah. And then you go right up the middle. Right. And look, Matty Beniers is, is an absolute talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he looks like the elite superstar that they hoped he would be. So you've sorted your center position. Jarrah McCann has been fantastic. Burakovsky has been fantastic. Vince Dunn. Those those of those of you who commented on on Ron Francis's selection, not choosing Tarasenko. You know, you look now at the Vince Dunn selection and think, but it's it's, it's been proven to be the right one in the long term. You've got Tarasenko, mm-hmm. who arguably is is seeing his career starting to. He's still a fantastic player. Just throwing that out there, but he is now on the decline from a value perspective, whereas Vince Dunn has never been worth more this year than than, than he has before. So um, I think this is a lot of moves that, like you said, have taken 12 months to kind of wash out. Um, but it's it's fantastic. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll talk about the playoffs properly in a week's time. But I will, I will not shock anybody when in a week's time I say, in my opinion, I think whoever they go up against, it's going to game six or game seven. I don't think it's a sweep. I don't think they're going to go down. And and Grubauer's a sort of goalie, and we've seen it before, where don't be surprised if when we get in the playoffs, suddenly he becomes Fesner quality, even though he's shown nothing of that style in the two seasons. Because it happens. Goalie gets mm-hmm. hot, and you know before you know it, they've got a Stanley Cup, and he, he's already got a Stanley Cup against his name. So Playoff, ho- playoff hockey is so different. Everybody, yeah. people always forget that. Like we... It can't be overstressed. It is no. so different. Now, given a lot of the hockey, the competitive hockey that we're seeing in the NHL in these last couple of weeks of the season is definitely starting to be in that style. So it's not like they don't play playoff style hockey and then all of a sudden the playoffs start and they totally play a different style. But but the last few weeks of the season, it definitely ramps up and it starts to change into that playoff style hockey. It yeah, and yeah. it is so different. It, it's because it's all you're laying it all on the line it's yep. faster paced there's a le- higher level of intensity it's tight checking right there's a lot less room on the ice typically um you know you don't see anywhere near as much of that kind of hardcore like north south hockey like where it's a track meet like you don't see anywhere near as much of that kind of hockey it's definitely you know the neutral zones clogged up and it's it's brutal and the hits go up totally different yeah, style of nasty. hockey and and yeah. so and some teams are really suited to that. And so we don't know yet. Seattle may be really well suited to that kind of hockey. Um, you know, the Avalanche too, if if they do end up facing, let's say they end up facing the Avalanche, the Avalanche have kind of rebounded, haven't they? For a second there, yeah, they look like yeah, they were gonna yeah. slip out of the mix. 
and now they're heating up again. But if I understand correctly, I think the Avalanche are are, are kind of still kind of banged up. They're still dealing with some injuries and stuff too. So uh, Landeskog being the most obvious one, but yeah, yeah. So Seattle, you know, may not be facing uh, an Avalanche team that's one hundred percent fully charged either. So, no. but, uh, but like don't said, count them out at the right time. Yeah, 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 and it's not they're not going to be an easy out, I don't no. think. But there is so. no easy game in the playoff, is there? And when we know that, and you know, when we go through the, the stuff next week, you know, we'll we'll all see round one matchups where I don't think there's anything that you could hand on heart say is guaranteed. Even Boston, mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. it before. Winning the President's Trophy is normally a curse rather right. than a sign that you're the best, you know, you're gonna walk through the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um so we'll we'll see. Um so so for listeners, this has probably been a bit of a strange episode. Um, we'd love to hear your your thoughts in terms of what we've what we've talked about today and where are where the direction is we're going. If there's things that you want to see or want to hear that we haven't mentioned, um, then then please do get in touch with the show. The website, as I said, will be live very shortly. But if you go onto your phone or laptop or wherever you want to go, it's uh, Gold and Steel. So A N D um at steel obviously s-t-e-e-l uh dot vegas and uh and that'll take you to the website and that's where all of our content's going to be obviously the the podcast itself the gold and steel podcast will be available on spotify on itunes and all the places you can get the show already um so you won't have to change that but for those of you that want to get involved with all the other bits we were talking about the blogs the videos, the website is by far the best and easiest place to find it. We've also got the mailbag function. Um, but if you do want to get in touch with the show, easiest way to do it if you've got Twitter is to contact JP through the Golden Steel Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll be posting as usual uh, on Twitter. We're active every day, pretty much post every day. And, and during the playoffs, we'll especially be doing that. So um, that's a great place to hang out if you're a Twitter user. But if not, we'd, we'd love to see you on the website and uh, and hopefully you continue me, yeah. to listen to us here as well. Exactly. So a week's time, uh, we'll be back uh, with our playoff preview where we're going to run through all the games and our thoughts on it. Um, and until then, stay safe, stay well, and we will see you in a week's time. See you soon. Bye-bye.